What were the relationship dynamics? I was trying to think of a way to say, because for me, when I think about myself and Omar, I think he was very much ahead in business and I was very much new to everything and wide-eyed and just, oh, I didn't know anything. So that's where I'm coming at it from. But you might come at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I'll talk about just because like I was really like I was afraid that like we were going to have like a boss employee relationship and I did oh, not want that. Oh, that's so, so interesting. That I was, did never thought of that. Yeah. That is something that yeah. I'd love that. So I'll talk about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Three, two, one. Okay. Beautiful. <laughs> Hey friends, it's Nicole and Kate, your girls from across the globe, Sydney, Australia, and Puerto Rico to be exact, and we're so excited to be sharing this time with you. Get ready for a candid convo with us, Nicole and Kate. Throughout this podcast, we'll be sharing our own experiences and thoughts in the hopes that you realize that one, you're not alone, and two, that open and honest convos can lead to awesome discoveries, shifts in perspectives, and energy to move ahead with confidence. Because that's what real friends do. They provide love, support, and space for one another to share without judgment, speak without hesitation, and to learn from each other, even when we don't agree. And with that, let's dive in. Hello, Kay. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Great, great, great. So good always, to see you and chat. Always. And with you, friends. Well, today's conversation topic comes from a mutual friend of Mm -hmm. ours, Kate. A little while back, Omer and I were on a happy hour call with these friends of ours, Hazel and her hubby Grant. And Hazel was sharing how she listens to our podcast. And I, of course, thanked her and said, you know, by the way, we're always looking for topic ideas. And immediately she had a suggestion for us, working with a high performing spouse. Hazel. Mm, yeah. Like it, girl. Yeah. My interest was piqued as well. And I, of course I thought of you and me and how we work with our significant others, Omar and John. So my mind went in one direction quite quickly, but when she shared a little bit more about why this topic was important for her, a whole lot of other issues were brought up. Gender stereotypes, racial stereotypes, questions of self-worth, identity, confidence, so much more. So that's a lot to unpack. And of course, Hazel's not here to speak for herself and share her own experience. But I thought we, you know, we still want to have this conversation, you and I, because I'm sure we can relate to some of these issues, maybe not all of them, but, you know, it's a topic that you and I have never fully dug into. Mm. And so that's our inspiration for today. Yeah. What do you think? Um, so I'm really excited to talk about this because it's a topic that I feel has come up so many times on my journey. And I know you and I have had like maybe little convos here and there about the topic. But yeah, I'm really grateful that Hazel brought it up and that we're here to chat about it today. Yeah. So we both work with high performing partners. We consider ourselves high performers. And so this is the dynamic that we can chat about today. So I thought we could share what you and I experience inside our working relationship and like what others have supposed our relationship to the business with our significant others is. I think it's Mm -hmm. going to be really interesting to, to get into that. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was thinking, let's start with you. What what were the relationship dynamics between you and John when you first started working together? So when John and I first started working together, we had been dating for, well, the, the, the idea of working together first came up about a year after we had first started dating. We were living together at the time, 
And so a year, I mean, our relationship wasn't brand new, but you know, we weren't like super far into it either. And when it first came up, I was quite nervous about it. I didn't really know like what that was going to do to our personal relationship. Um, John had already launched the business on his own. And while I had been like very close to it as he kind of came up with that idea and launched the business, um, you know, we did a lot of brainstorming together. I certainly was in the loop, so to speak, of like what was going on in his vision and his mission and the struggles that he was facing, like launching the business and, and all of that. And also, you know, a bunch of huge wins, too. So in that respect, like I didn't necessarily like not feel caught up with the business, but a pretty big concern of mine when John first asked me if I wanted to join him in the business was how uh, how that dynamic was going to be. And I was honestly quite nervous that I was going to come on and end up kind of like the back office secretary of the business. And like, you know, John was going to be like the boss kind of telling me what to do. Um and I wasn't really sure that that would work out. So um, so we had a lot of conversations around that, like before, uh, before we both decided that it was a good idea for me to join the business. So in that respect, when we finally did make the decision to start working together, I felt like we were very much um, on the same page in terms of like what my role was going to be, what his role was going to be and how those two roles interacted with each other. So, so that was good. But like le- the couple of months leading up to us deciding that we were going to do that, there was a lot of conversations about like, okay, I'm not your employee. Um, not that he ever supposed that I would no. be, but I just wanted to make sure that I was clearly communicating like what my expectations were if I were to quit my job and join the business. So, yeah. I can't, I'm so surprised to hear that because that never crossed my mind when Omar and I started mm. working together. And you weren't even hesitant to share that with him, like to actually say, look, I'm not going to be your employee. Like, I find that really awesome that you did that. I mean, I think that for, yeah, I wonder if a lot of it wasn't because of my dynamic in other jobs that I had had. Like, I actually, Mm. we've talked about this in a couple of other episodes where, it, so this is fully on me, and and that's why I want to be specific about other positions I held. I felt very underappreciated, very undervalued, um, like I was doing so much, but was never really credited with that. And I think mm. that that experience, like I was still holding on to that, even though John never like made any comment about like, you know, come do back office work or anything like that. I mean, everything Mm -hmm. that he envisioned me doing in the business was, you know, like big things, um, which is exactly what I ended up doing. But I think for me, I was like pulling along this like false sense of security from previous experiences. And, you know, I had made the decision that I would not let that happen again. And so maybe that was why I was so vocal about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe it's also, okay, so you said that John was already had already launched the business. Were you, while he was running the business, did you give him any input? Did he ask you for feedback on things that he was working on? Like, 
were you at all contributing to what he was doing then or was it more just conversations like oh I'm struggling with this today and you're just supporting and being supportive yeah no actually there were like so many different uh like branding, um, his tagline, like we really worked on a lot of stuff together and he always made me feel very much a part of that, which I really appreciated. You know, I truly did feel a part of that journey, um, in a bigger way of like that I actually had a stake, uh, you know, I had a seat at that table. Like, even though I, I was still working a corporate job and I wasn't technically a part of the team or anything like that, I did still feel like I, you know, had a place in that my opinion and my suggestions were valued, um, big time. Mm. Um, but I guess maybe it was more like, Cause I asked John, so like, what do you see me doing? And maybe a couple of the, you know, things that he listed off because he had two virtual assistants at the time already, um, helping him in the business. And he had mentioned a couple of things that like his virtual assistants were already handling where I was kind of like, I I don't really want to do that, but let me tell you what I do want to do. And so once we started having those conversations, it was much more like, okay, I like, I can see this. And I think that, I think that's really important when you're considering working with a significant other, a spouse or anyone to very clearly voice like what your vision is for your role and what it is you enjoy doing and what you're passionate about. Because if that's not going to be what you end up working on, then it's kind of already setting up a little bit of disruption there right yeah but I mean what about for you what what was what were the relationship dynamics with you and Omar well we had a working relationship in in the sense that we had worked in teaching together as colleagues but we weren't you know dating we weren't even friends at that stage we were literally acquaintances and colleagues professional colleagues so we had that kind of foundation I, I don't know if that informed the early dynamics, because then when I started freelancing as a videographer and he started his uh, consulting business, we were helping each other out. So I would ask him for help or he would, you know, help me out with like negotiating rates and setting my rates and all of that and come along with me to, to gigs and stuff like that, carrying equipment. I think I've shared, you know, camera equipment's really yeah. quite heavy. And mm-hmm. so, no, it's good. you know, come along with me on this and, and help me and carry that, that camera case. It, and weighs a ton. <laughs> um, and, and he was always, you know, so happy to do that. And likewise with his consulting business, just like you, you know, branding. I mean, I, I had none of this experience or skill set, but it was more like, what do you think of this? And it could be a logo. It could be um, some copy, a website design. And so I would just be giving my opinion because I'm very opinionated when it comes to aesthetics. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, there's no foundation for it, but I'm really opinionated and probably to, obviously to a fault, <laughs> I would say. Um, so we were kind of, yeah, like I would be, you know, giving my, you know, two cents here and there. And he was helping me. So when he Maybe what's different about how we started the $100 MBA was his idea to, you know, to have this uh, online business community. So he proposed that to me and it was kind of clear at that stage what I could contribute because I wasn't in the business world. Everything was completely new to me. All I knew at that stage was how to teach. And now I'd learned all this like film work 
video editing, all of that. And so because it was going to be videos, I could immediately understand, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'll be shooting the videos. I'll be editing the videos, all of that stuff. So that was very clear as to what I would be doing. But maybe because the idea was let's do this thing together, I never thought of the relationship dynamic of boss-employee, but I certainly felt like I was, you know, 20 steps behind in in the whole world of business. Everything was new to me. I remember even watching the news and seeing the journalists uh, quote people on Twitter. And I'm like, why are they quoting people on Twitter? Isn't that just opinions, people's <laughs> opinions? And so like, like I just was completely, you know, just fresh to everything. Yeah. I remember when Omar would be writing blogs and he would be spending so much time on a blog post and then he'd, he'd go, come here and read this. And I'd be like, okay, looks good to me. Uh, sounds fine. Um, and he'd be reworking it, reworking. And I'm like, what's the big deal? Just it's done. Put it up yeah. there. <laughs> I think you can appreciate this, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I do not have that perspective now. I totally am into revising and making sure everything is is great before it goes up and it's the best work that we can put up there. But I remember just him spending so much time on these blogs. And I'd be like, this is just whatever. What's the big deal? So that was the other thing I was thinking about was, was John spending like so much time on the business that you thought was an inordinate amount of time or did it make sense to you how much passion and how much time he was investing in working on on the business? Yeah. So, okay. I didn't know I didn't get it. And and I like, he would wake up at like 5am and he goes straight to his computer and he'd just be clacking for like so long. I'm like, what could he possibly be doing? (laughs) Because, you know, I was just waking up at like, I I mean, I I was a pretty early riser too, but I was waking up and working out and then getting ready for my job because I went into an office at that time. And then I go to the office and then I come home and I'd start like, you know, doing dinner and stuff. And he's still up there. And it's kind of like that. What's he doing up there? (laughs) Um, What's happening in that man cave? (laughs) (laughs) So I, but I do distinctly remember, and I think that it's because I had had my own experience with trying to start my own business Mm. prior to that. And so I think part of me did get it. And especially because he was so clear uh, on his vision and he was very like driven and motivated by the reasons that he was doing this. And that was, uh, you know, helped me understand it a little bit more. But he Mm. was spending a lot, a lot of time. And like you at that time, I was very behind in uh, compared to him in like understanding the world of entrepreneurship. So like this idea of working longer than, you know, a normal eight hour day that you would work at an office was like really weird to me because I'm like, don't you work for yourself so that you don't have to work that long? And here you are working like even longer. So that was kind of lost on me. But um, yeah, I think it's really interesting that you talk about how your vision for what you could contribute to the business seemed very clear to both of you. And I had like, I had an aha moment while you were talking about that. And that was probably exactly what it was for me. I wasn't even clear on what I could contribute to the business. And I think a lack of confidence Mm -hmm. in that area and not knowing 
probably put me on like a defense that was mm. made up. I was making it up again, based on my past experiences, because if I would have known like something that I was great at, you know, of course I was great at a lot of things, but I didn't mm -hmm. know it at the time. I didn't have that confidence of like, yes, I can write our blog. I can create our emails. I can do our campaigns. I can help build our online courses. I had none of that confidence and really not experience in that specific area. So I'm sure that that's where a lot of my hesitations were coming from is my own insecurities about you know, my skills mm. and stuff in that area. Um, but yeah, you and Omar started together at the same time. So that that's a little bit different from John and I's journey, right? So were both of you just like full on working like really long hours? Or did was what do you feel like you were kind of like, okay, hey, Omar, let's like, let's be a couple. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Come on, honey. <laughs> I'm just trying to think because because he was obviously used to side hustling while he was teaching. He had been building businesses. So the whole working those long hours and working outside of the normal office hours was, was really normal to him. I felt like everything was so new to me because I'm just trying to remember all the things that were happening. It was in New York. Uh, I was trying to get one gig after another. And then when I did have my, um, when I did get a gig, I'd then be editing and editing an inordinate amount of videos for mm. what I was being paid for because this is like I was trying to build my portfolio. So I think I was just working um, weird hours and didn't really have a structure uh, and I was just trying to get more work. Um, I'm trying to think of your question because now all these memories are coming back. I was, yeah, kind of like you, you know, I would go and, oh, okay, it's time to do groceries. It's time to do dinner now. Um let's forget about work. Whereas I think mm -hmm. the way I think now is, you know, the business is always on my mind. Whereas I think I was still coming from that teacher mode where if I'm not working directly on something, then my mind is, it's shut off from that. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was able to just detach and go, okay, now I'm going off to a yoga class or now I'm going to go and do this. Whereas I think his mind was still very much in build, build, build mode. Um, and having that experience, I think he realized what it, what's needed to take this business. Whereas I think I was still, now I don't want to say playing business. We refer to people, you know, who are playing <laughs> business, but I really think I was in the beginning because I just didn't know what it, what it took. Um, so I was very much just, okay, we have to work on this now. And I was very excited. And yeah. I remember the things that I did too, like when we launched the hundred dollar MBA too, I find it really interesting that back then, like I'm not, not on camera now. I'm very much the face of the business. He does all the webinars. He's very much, you know, on the face of the business. And, but I remember when we launched the hundred dollar MBA, we did these little videos together we went to this little pizzeria in the West Village that we'd go and grab pizza and we just asked them, you know, we're launching this thing. Can we shoot our launch videos here? And they let us do it. I set up the camera. We sat at the table and we did these series of videos to launch the $100 MBA. And I was just, I don't know what gave me that confidence. I think it was just naivety. I like, I didn't think, is this the best thing to do right now? Yeah. I didn't really care. It was just all just like fun and an experiment. It worked, like the launch was really great. But interestingly, I think my confidence got less and less over time because it's that whole thing of like the more you know, the more mm. you don't know, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. 
that right? Like the more you realize there is to know as you get more experience. And I think as I got more experience and and more um, into the whole journey, I realized, oh gosh, there's so much I don't know. And I think sometimes my confidence then started to, yeah, dwindle a little bit Mm -hmm. and it's built back up, but I had this kind of dip. I find it really interesting that you mentioned, you know, that Omar would kind of just like lock into this vision and, and had like this, you know, unrelenting amount of energy that he was putting towards it. Whereas you were kind of like, okay, now we're going to do this. Like, I think that John and I were very much that same way. And I wonder how much of that, and I'm only going to speak for myself because you might see it differently, But for us, John's very much like the visionary. Mm. He kind of creates the roadmap. And then I make sure that the roadmap actually is put together and works. And I think that for somebody who is the visionary and who sees that, that there is like this, I feel like you work in, in a very different way. I'm essentially like trying to get something to completion. And he's always thinking of the next thing. And I, I also wonder, you know, I am constantly thinking of other things outside of the business because mm. I run our household. And so like making meals, doing like you mentioned, doing the grocery store, you know, those kinds of things. John's never going to think during his working hours, like, when am I going to go to the grocery store? Because I do that. And so uh. I wonder how much of that goes you know, into it as well. And I know that not everyone's dynamics are that way, of course, but I think that there's an assumption there and and mm. how that plays a role in how the business runs. Oh gosh, there's so much to talk about there. I'm yeah. <laughs> that was a big jump. <laughs> oh. Okay. The, I find it interesting that you Okay. Your roles are very clearly defined. So when you say that John's a visionary and you're more, you know, the brass tacks, getting it done operations, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure this vision is executed. I would say the difference with Omar and I, and as my confidence grew in the business, as I got far more involved, as I took on more responsibility, because I wanted to, I feel that the visionary side of things is something we share. Mm-hmm. We spend a lot of time in discussion and strategy and, and then, so yeah, when it comes down to, you know, when I have to step away from it and, you know, get back to real life, that's where I struggle sometimes. I get really frustrated and that's where I'm mm-hmm. learning to kind of manage a little bit more of that frustration. But like, meaning you're like, I wish I could just work on the business. Like, I don't want to have to do X, <laughs> Y, and Z. Yeah. A lot of the times I feel that way. And then a lot of the times I feel like, okay, well, it's unnatural to just be working on the business all the time (laughs) and I have to be doing life. And I do do life, but I'm learning to kind of not get as frustrated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same. Um, I mean, like I love cooking. I, I wouldn't want mm. John to do that because I really enjoy that process. I feel like that is my time where I can step away and not think about the business and not, um, you know, it's kind of, it's mm. almost like meditative to me to be in the kitchen and like doing things. And I know that not everybody feels that way, which is totally fine. Um, but I wonder like, mm. 
I know for me, like there's certainly been instances where like you, you were saying before, like Omar's very much the face, um, you know, he's in the videos mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And, and same for John from a public standpoint, at least from a free content standpoint, once you get into our paid content, I do create a lot of video tutorials for our online courses. And, and like, I am very much like quote unquote seen in that, um, mm-hmm. side of our business. But, you know, for somebody who listens to the podcast, like they hear John, for somebody who like sees our whatever, it's probably going to be John's face. And so a lot of times when John and I are meeting people, you know, they they see John and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's, you know, the the man, the myth, the like, yeah, GLG. Um, yeah, the legend. Um, and then they'll be like, oh, so what do you do? And, you know, for like, it took me a long time to not be pretty offended by that. (laughs) Even though I know that people didn't mean any offense, they just simply didn't know because I work behind the scenes and I'm not the one that, you know, is voicing or, you know, doing every interview on the podcast or, you know, on the homepage of our website or anything like that. But have you had similar like instances, struggles, experiences like that? Yeah, hundred percent. Going to conferences or meetups, there've been so many times where, again, it's a confidence thing. So maybe Omar will start talking first, or in, we're engaged in a conversation, and someone will, you know, immediately default to him. And what do you do as well? The implication mm-hmm. is often that you have to. I have to. Either he, Omar does, which he does do, it's not his, his his fault at all. Either he has to make a point to introduce me or I have to make a point to introduce myself as a co-founder mm-hmm. um, because it's often not assumed that I would have a co-founder role. Mm-hmm. I think it's changing in some settings um, and in some, you know, spaces here. But definitely I remember in the early, when, I, yeah, when we were still living in San Diego and we were still living in the States, yeah, I'd always have to make sure that make it a point that I am working in the business with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a few stereotypes there, I think, yeah, <laughs> in the assumptions sure. that are made. Well, and I think, too, that for me, that was almost and again, this is like personal inner work that I had to do. I'm not putting blame on anybody, on anyone for this, not even Mm -hmm. myself, but it was on me to do the work to get past it is like that Mm -hmm. really shot my confidence a lot because like every time I heard that it was, even though the person wasn't saying to me, like, you obviously don't work in the business, like you're not a part of this. Mm -hmm. That's what I was hearing. Um, and it's quite, it can be quite frustrating and, um, and again, really a hit to your confidence when you know how much you've put in and how much, you know, blood, sweat and tears you put into the business as well, how much time you've dedicated to it, how much you love it and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, I mean, I really, ha- I, I do feel like I've come so far with that because it was even to a point sometimes where I really struggled with even being able to talk about what I did because for a long time it just felt like everybody looked at like a behind the scenes role as like not that integral or like Mm -hmm. oh so okay so do you like I've even had people say to me before not that there's anything wrong with this oh so you 
basically keep John's calendar. And I'm like, well, no, not, not really. <laughs> You've had people say that too. You yeah, keep his calendar. Yes, definitely. And, oh, and of course, wow. that's an incredibly important job. I'm not diminishing that that yeah. is a critical part of how John runs his day. Hmm. Um, but again, even for our, John's personal assistant who does help with his calendar, like she does so much more than that. And yeah. for somebody to just kind of like, put it in a box like that is really offensive. <laughs> and again, yeah. like whether people mean it, I don't think anyone's trying to be malicious about it, but it just really makes you think twice about like, I've even become way super con conscious about how I approach other people and ask them, you know, what, what work they mm. do or, um, you know, what role they play in a business or, or something like that. But I, what, like for you, I yeah. know that you've talked a lot about confidence this episode as well. Has that ever like been a hit to your confidence or do you feel like you've been able to be like really strong and sturdy in what you know you do for the business and that doesn't really affect you? I think the lack of confidence came from a lack of clarity. The more we're talking about this, when you, mm. when you were talking about how John was very clearly, you know, the visionary and I definitely think Omar being being so clear about what he wanted to build in the beginning and going out um, and giving you know entrepreneurship his full effort there's a clarity there that comes with you know you'll you'll do any you'll do all these things that you've got to do all the tasks all the the moving parts you'll take care of all the moving parts you know at not at any cost but I think for me, what it was, was that I wasn't clear on what all those moving parts were. And as, as I understood all the moving parts of business and as the team grows, there's so many more things and responsibilities that you've got to do. I'm like, well, can I do that? Do I know how to do that really well? Is that what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, sometimes, you know, what's my role description? Mm. Um, Cause sometimes I feel like yeah, managing calendars across the team is something. We have an EA, but sometimes I'm still kind of, you know, scheduling appointments and doing all that. And I think what I'm trying to say is that the lack of confidence was because I was unclear as to what I was um, mm. really responsible for. And that ended up being similar to you, more of a supportive role. And then which is great and because this is something that we're building together but as I'm more invested in the in the vision and more clear on what I want us to build then I want to step away from being the supportive mm -hmm. and 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 it's not because I don't want to be supportive but it's because I want to um, impact the creation and the the creative side of um, yeah. the business as well. And no one's stopping me. No one's, you know, putting it. It's, it's something that I have to take on myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. And f you know, for sure, Omar has never prevented me from, you know, contributing to the vision and, and, and all of that, but it's really on me and it's on me to be really clear about, um, 
the role. So when other people just assume that you're either just a supportive role or, I mean, I've been on a panel where I was a support system and I found that really interesting being labelled a support system. Um, You know, and not to anyone, I mean, the thing is I also see how important and critical and valuable that supportive role is. It's always like, you know, the, the number two in a business, right? Mm-hmm. The CEO, the COO, that number two is so critical. And it's not that I, it's that I don't want to be a number two, but it's just when you, when you're so passionate about the creative side of things, um, it's a little bit frustrating mm-hmm. when it's just assumed that you don't have that, um, that role. But it's again, it's just on you still to either declare it, to, you know, to state it, to, you know, to speak up, to own it. Um, Otherwise, I really feel like you're just playing a bit of a victim role. I totally agree that, um, you know, for the longest time, it was me playing a victim role and not realizing that all I needed to do was to your point, get super clear about what it is that I contribute to the business, how critical what I contribute to the business is, and then own that. And Mm -hmm. that was like all it took to recognize that because, you know, you, you have self-proclared and, uh, self-proclared. Is that right? Self self proclaimed or self declared? Self proclaimed. Self self proclaimed. Or declared. Either of those. Either of those, not the one that I said. (laughs) Um, That you are a visionary in the business. And for me, while I do believe that I certainly take part in those conversations and might influence some of those decisions, that's not my role. And I. I'm good. Like, I'm okay with that. Um, I know that my support role, my systems role, my back office role, my back end work, like whatever you want to call it, I now am confident in the way that it impacts our business. And and I'm proud Mm -hmm. of that. Because those are skills that a lot of entrepreneurs don't have. And a lot of businesses would, you know, be so excited to have somebody like me on their team. Um, yes. And I just kind of say all of that and go through that because if anyone's tuning in who is, has maybe struggled with this in the past or it took me, you know, like four or five years and talking to a mastermind group of people who were thankfully brutally honest with me to say mm-hmm. like, you know, cut the crap. You are a massive part of this business. It would not work without you. Like you have to show yourself that, prove that to yourself, Mm -hmm. and then you have to own it. And that was like a really big turning point for me. Yeah, I I, I love what you shared because it's a constant reminder of this is what makes entrepreneurship interesting and running a business interesting. You make it your own world, right? There's no real... Yes, there are, there are roles and there are functions. There are roles, there are functions in, in business. But, you know, as the founders, as the leaders of the business, you're constantly kind of navigating, you're, you're navigating the evolution of a business. And, and so it's, it's, it is constantly changing. And for me, my experience has always been that maybe I'm just still growing. I'm still, you know, growing into certain responsibilities, growing into certain roles, growing into certain functions of the, of the business. Um, 
because I do think I, I feel like, you know, you never stop learning. Um, it's not like, oh, great, I'm nine years into into a business. I've, you know, I know everything there is to learned know. Learned it all. <laughs> I learned it all. No. And yeah. um, so I, I love what you shared because, you know, well, the clarity that you've gotten um, pushes you to the next step, right? Mm. The next stage. Um, and that's that could evolve as, you know, in the future as well. Yeah. And I, I love what you said too about just, I mean, I think it goes to show as well that every business is different and every function mm. and position within a business looks a little bit different based on the business goals, based on the vision, based on, you know, the uh, resources that you have available based on what your yeah. team looks like. Um, yes. So that's going to be very different for everyone. And, and I think that it's healthy to have these experiences because I know for me, it's what's helped me get to where I am right now. Like if mm -hmm. I wouldn't have had any of these struggles or challenges, I might not be in a place where I feel so confident about my role, which honestly has made me love it even more to know that I make a big difference in the business and, and how it functions. So, yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't matter whatever it's labeled, whatever it's someone supposes it's you being, um, commit like, yeah, you're committed to, to, to building the business and contributing. And I, and, you know, I think sometimes other people's perceptions can kind of get in the way and they're a bit of a distraction because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But I do feel like it's good to have this conversation and to, you know, like you said, when you're, you're more aware now, when you talk to other people, when you meet founders, mm -hmm. when you meet two people, you're not going to make those assumptions that I think that were were yeah made on us and have still be put on us uh being you know, know the female side of the business whatever you want to call it um I think we're just a little bit more aware now but um oh this was great so thank cool. you so much Nicole for sharing everything thank and you. to Hazel thank you. to Hazel for yes. recommending this topic yeah I feel like I've learned more about you today as well which is always always awesome and um yeah 100% thank you to Hazel for inspiring us to talk about this Yes, and friends, we hope you feel the same about today's episode. So as we close out today's chat on working with a high-performance spouse, we hope that you've picked up a thing or two you can carry with you today and moving forward to give you that extra boost of confidence and support when you need it most. And friends, if you enjoyed this conversation and you have a friend in mind who might also find this conversation helpful, share it with them. Send them to canrelatepodcast.com or have them search Nicole and Kate Can Relate on their favorite podcast app. Until next time, friends.